Hi, welcome to New Hope Community Church Online. The sermon you are about to hear was originally given by Pastor Chuck Wilson. New Hope Community Church, to know, to live, and to share Jesus Christ. Our cats are killers. Our ca- are, they're killers. Every morning, every morning, it's like a horror movie. I open the front door, and I... Look out, and there's body parts, you know, arms and legs and tails, and, and, and sometimes it's a whole body, and sometimes it's just parts, and sometimes it's headless. I don't know why they chew the heads off, but anyway, they chew the heads off, and, or they're half eaten, or, or, or the worst is when they leave the innards, you know, the, the intestines and liver in a little pile, and, and I, I, don't, I don't see that. I will go walking out in my bare feet to get something, I'm stepping in, oh, those darn cats, I stepped in intestines again. Uh, you know, it's, 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 there's mice parts and then there's birds. I hate it when they kill the birds, but birds are pretty smart around us. They don't get too many birds, but there's feathers. And, but if I'm really, and then they eat rabbits. I don't know how they do it. They, they'll catch a rabbit and somehow, a big rabbit, and they eat it from head to toe completely. One, one cat will finish. I'm like, where do they put that? And sometimes it, sometimes it doesn't stay down. They regurgitate it in the, the garage. And oh my, there's nothing where, so you get the picture. Now, now I, here's the point of this. Now, as bad as that sounds, as bad as that is, imagine if that was our food for the day. Imagine if that was our food and, and God said, that's all you get. Whatever the cats leave on the front porch, that's all you get. That'd be pretty bad, wouldn't it? A lot of times we sanitize this whole Bible thing, but there's, there's a, that's exactly what happened to Elijah. It's exactly, that was all he's going to get. God says, this is it. Better enjoy it, Elijah. And wait till you see the spiritual lesson that we get from this too. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the worship. We thank you for bringing each one of us here today. We know we're here for a reason, that you have a, a purpose. There's something that you want to do in our life. Maybe someone here that needs to put their faith in Christ and be saved. Maybe something in our life that is blocking our relationship with you that we need to let you surrender to you so that we can really commune with you not just this morning in communion but every day maybe there's a step of faith that you're calling us to take and and we're here for that lord whatever it is we pray that your holy spirit would do your work in our hearts we pray this in jesus name amen Okay, 1 Kings 17, start, we'll start with verse 1, just so the review. Now, Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, Leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the Kerith ravine east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I've ordered the ravens to feed you there. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kareth Ravine, east of the Jordan, and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. I want to focus on verses 4 to 6. I'm going to read these again because we've already spent several weeks on the others. Go back, listen to podcasts or whatever. But verse 4, You will drink from the brook, and I've ordered the ravens to feed you there. So he did what the Lord told him. He went to the Kareth Ravine east of the Jordan and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. Verse 4, I will feed you there. There. God 
promises us to meet our needs. There's promise after promise all throughout the scripture. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Promise after promise if we are where he wants us to be. And if our needs are not being met, and not just physically, but spiritually, emotionally, anyway, if our needs are not being met, we have to ask, God, what are you trying to tell me? <laughs> maybe I'm supposed to be here, and I'm not just talking about physically, but maybe I'm supposed to be here spiritually, or here in, in other ways. There's something that we need to surrender. Because God said, I will feed you there. And when you get there, he says, what? You're going to drink from the brook. From the brook. Now, the Hebrew for brook, I looked it up, it's actually, uh, it's actually pronounced crick. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> I had some of you going. But that, where I come from, this would have been called a crick, all right? I don't think you just call it creek and all that other stuff. Where I'm from, it's a crick, all right? And uh, uh, where's my other buffalo friends there? Okay, yeah, crick, right? You know what I'm talking about. That, the back, yeah, okay, you guys know what I'm talking about, the crick, all right? So... Uh, it's, it's small. It's, this is what he's, he's at a brook. It, it's a small little piece of water. And notice he, he didn't send him, he, didn't, he sends him east of the Jordan. This is east of the Jordan. He didn't send him to the Jordan River. He sends him to the creek, which could gr- dry up at any time. And God rarely puts us in a place of abundance, he, of, of overflowing abundance. Why? Now, sometimes he does, and that's awesome. We like it. But so often, he puts us in a place of need. And I'm not just talking about physical, but spiritual, emotional, all different ways. Uh, He puts us in a place where we need him. Why? Because when we have everything we need in life, when we have everything we need in life, we usually stop needing God, right? We stop depending on him. And he may bless us in this area and make us needy in another area. But there's probably some area of our life that we need God and he does that for a reason. He wants us to, 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 to know our need of him. Whatever that area is. Whatever that is. And he says not only will you get water from the creek, but look where you, he gets the food from. Verses 4 to 6. The original Fed X, right? Uh, the original one. Uh, Elijah must have been thinking, this idea is for the birds, right? He must have been thinking that. Ravens, they're unclean animals. He knew they're unclean animals. And yet God uses them to meet Elijah's needs. And God so often does that, doesn't he? He often uses the least likely person to touch our lives. The least likely person and so he had to be thinking too ravens elijah ravens someone actually brought it up christina yeah ravens are birds of prey all right birds of prey don't share anything with anyone they don't even share it with each other you ever watch these you know national geographic specials they're fighting their kill each other for something they don't they don't share with anyone especially with a human being and where is this meat coming from god you can imagine Elijah what he's thinking right where's it come and god's probably like don't ask yeah right you know we're going on a mission trip you know and uh tomorrow and and i'm sure we're gonna it never fails i'm on these trips all these different places and i'll be like wow this is really good what is this and 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 it never, it never fails. The host will be like, 
pretend they don't understand my English all of a sudden, you know, kind of like looking away, looking down, you know, and I get the point. Don't ask what this is, right? Just enjoy it. Don't ask, all right? And, and that's what happened to Elijah. What is this? It, you talk about dead meat, right? Th- there's a famine going on. Everything is dying. As we go into the story, wait, cows, every kind of, everything is dying because of this famine. You connect the dots. Where is this meat coming from? It's probably roadkill, right? There's animals dying everywhere. Now, the bread is a different matter. He's probably a little more confident about the bread because the bread's coming from somewhere. Someone made it. I was trying to think, where could he get bread from? Now, God wouldn't have the raven steal bread from somebody who really needed it. He's probably, the only thing I could think of is, and I can't say this is in the Hebrew either, like crick, but, uh, but, uh, but it could have been from Ahab's table. Ahab's the only one who had an abundance and had what he needed. You could just imagine the raven sneaking into Ahab's bakery, taking the bread out of his own bakery to feed Elijah, his, his worst enemy, right? But anyway, that's just a guess. Uh, but the point is, this all sounds crazy, doesn't it? Can you imagine? Go out and camp at a crick and wait for these nasty birds to feed you. Right? It's crazy. But Elijah was learning an important lesson. Elijah was learning to depend on God. He was learning to live by faith. Anybody need that lesson here? If you don't, you can leave. You don't need to hear the second part of this. Okay, bye. But, uh, but anybody who wants to stay, you might, you know, I, this is for us today, right? This is for us. This is our lesson. Is God teaching you to depend on him today? To live by faith? If he is, you're probably thinking, what is God doing? This is crazy because his instructions and methods rarely make human sense. Why is that? His instructions rarely make human sense. His methods rarely. Otherwise, if they made human sense, we wouldn't need faith, right? That's why he puts us in these places like Elijah is in. And, and so we, we, we are learning to live by faith. And the first thing we have to ask ourselves, like I already mentioned, am I where God wants me to be? Am I where he wants me to be in every area of our life? Think of all the different parts of your life. Am I where God wants me to be? And if yes, he will meet my every need. That's a promise. The promise is all over the Bible. If I'm where God wants me to be, he will meet my every need. And I can have peace no matter what happens. doesn't mean everything's going to be great. I didn't say that. But we can have peace no matter what happens in our life if we know where God, we are where God wants us to be. Your money may be running out. Your food might be running out. Your hope might be running out for some area of your life. You might be losing hope. But if we're where God wants us to be, we can claim God's promises. We can hang, cling to God's promises. We can hang on to them. And I know a lot of you have shared those stories, right? About God meeting our needs, right, Barb? You know, it's, it's a powerful story. <laughs> I know. She was telling me all the praises last week, the last couple of weeks. Awesome. Awesome. I thought of you when I was doing this. But far too often... We, God has us right where he wants us. He has us at a crick. <laughs> a crick. And it's very tight in a lot of ways, but we're being blessed. But so often, we're at, we're at the crick that God wants us at. We're learning these lessons of faith. We're de- learning to depend on him. But we move and act in the flesh. 
Now, there are times to move and act, but it has to be in the spirit. We're praying, we know God's leading, he's confirming it. But so often, we move and act in the flesh. I see it all the time. I see my friends, they're, they're in ministries. I've seen good friends in ministries, being blessed, blessing people, amazing things happen. And then, then they get tempted by a more successful church that wants them to come. And they go and they just struggle and spin their wheels and I remember thinking, why did you leave? You were in a beautiful place. You're in an awesome place. Why would you leave there? God was working in and through you. But, and then they, and I remember one, one of my friends, he's out of ministry now because of it. He just burned out of it. All because he, he, I took that step, act, moving and acting in the flesh. I see it in jobs. God is meeting somebody's needs in a job, and they just jump ship. Or, or a headhunter comes along with a more enticing offer and, 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 and it's a bust and I've seen people do it. They just move and I say, why don't you wait and pray? Wait, pray about that. Let's all pray about this first. No, I'm going to just do this. This looks better to me. And bad things happen. I can tell you a lot of sad stories. Marriages. A marriage hits a dry time. Your marriage hits a dry time. And, and Satan comes along, just, you're in that creek and it's drying up. And you're like, what's going on? And, and so Satan comes along and tempts you and says, you, you need to have this person. And, and they're, we're tempted to go to somebody else to meet our needs when God was trying to get us to turn to him. And boy, I, I, I could tell too many stories about this. I remember one person did this. And, and, and I'll never forget, years later, he said, I should have stayed with my first wife. I was better off with my first wife. The one I thought looked the greener grass is, is worse. I'm like, huh, yeah, the problem is you, pal, right? All right, God's trying to work in your life something, right? Uh, I remember a woman years ago, was, it was a part of our ministry. She was growing spiritually, became a Christian, growing spiritually, on fire, had this fruitful ministry. And this was a long time ago, most of you wouldn't remember, but fruitful ministry. And I'll never forget, she decides she's going to move in the flesh. And I remember saying, listen, I'm not telling you you can't move. I'm just saying, let's pray about it. We never even prayed about it. You didn't even talk about it. Just, poof, you know, there's no prayer. And she says, oh, I'm going, I'm going. I'm like, you know, and I'm like, just wait and pray. No, I'm going. And, and she goes and, and she crashed. The, the ministry's gone. Her spiritual life is completely dried up just crashed, never been the same again. And it's heartbreaking for me to see that. And all is because just when we're somewhere and we're at a creek and we're being blessed and God's working in our heart, we we shouldn't move in the flesh. We have to wait for the Spirit to give a clear leading. And and the Spirit does move us to to, uh, move at times. I'm not saying that. But, But it has to be the Spirit's leading. So many times we're in that crick and we just want to get out. We don't want to be there anymore. You can imagine Elijah. Uh, we, we just, we want to get out. Are you staying where God wants you? Are you learning to depend on him alone? Are you learning to live by faith? Maybe yes, but we still wake up very anxious every day, don't we? <laughs> you know, even if we're doing that, we, maybe yes, but, but we still wake up anxious. Where's the bread coming from? Where's the meat coming from? God, how are you going to meet my needs in this area of my life? We still have to work through it every day by faith. Just like Elijah. You know, and you can imagine Elijah. We think, oh, so easy sitting by the creek and enjoying it. It had to be terrible for him. Completely alone. Think about it. Except for these birds. Right? That's it. 
Elijah alone, completely alone. But that is the key. When we're going to wait till you see what Elijah does later on, the key was he he got alone with God. He got alone, and it's so vital for us to get alone in the with the Word and with prayer, communing with God. Not just for not just once a month communion, but that constant communing. Elijah was like I said, just by himself, solitude. That solitude, that time with just between us and God, is when God works through us. And we must all go through that time at the crick. I almost said creek. Uh, I almost have to go through that time at the, at the creek. That refining time. That alone time. You know what I'm talking about? That refining time. That alone time. Where we learn to live by faith. Where God is preparing us for the next step. There's another step. But he first takes us through a dry time. And, and then we're yearning for that next step. That God finally gives us the, the permission to take that, that next step. But first we go through that refining time. We learn to live by faith and be prepared. I remember how God prepared me for New Hope Community Church. Uh, I remember the first church plan. I was in a lot of different ministries, but I was in successful churches, big churches, and all youth groups. We talked about that in the past. But, the, but then he led me to plant a church in Connecticut in a very dry area. It was tough. It was not successful uh, compared to what I was used to, at least. And it was a very dry time, but that was preparing me. I learned to depend on God in a whole new way than when I was in these successful churches. I learned to, to depend on him in a whole different way. And, and then, then God led us after that to do a ministry called Stand in the Gap Ministries. And uh, he, he led me to, to start preaching revival and evangelism and renewal. And I remember he led us clearly to take a step of faith to do this. And, and I don't want to do it. Kim didn't want to do it. But we knew God was leading us. And he said, I want you to take this step of faith, but I don't want you to go out raising support. I'm like, God, did I hear that right? You know? And, but we just, and, and every time we would start to ask for it, we would have no peace. It was crazy. No peace. He was like, no, I have a lesson for you. Step out and, and, and start this ministry. Uh, and, don't take any, and, and, then, and don't take any positions, because I gave, you know, turned over the church plant to the next guy. But, but as I went and preached, I remember people saying, can you just be our youth pastor? We'll pay you. You can go out and do all the preaching you want, but just be our youth pastor. Or can you just be our pastor? We'll let you go every other week. You can still do your ministry. We started getting these offers. But God was like, no peace. No peace. A number of churches offered attractive options to keep this ministry, but God was like, no, we had no peace. And so the first year, I'm doing this ministry and, and preaching and traveling, and we had just enough money for about a month. Then it went about just enough money for a week. And then just enough money for a day. I remember we got to day to day. I'm like, God, let it, I got this church right here. They got the paycheck. I'm ready to go. No, no peace, no peace. He just kept closing that door, clearly closing that door. And to make things even harder, we had six kids, only six kids then, uh, uh, six kids. And I, I had the six kids, and I also had a wife who was panicking, uh, panicking. Take that church job. Although she knew, I, she knew it wasn't right. You know, God kept closing that door. Even when we were starting to consider it, God would slam it. No. And so God sent a bird. Where's Kim? I need Kim. Where's Is she here? Oh, yeah. Here you are. Okay, yeah. She, she, she napped. She nodded off. All right. Come on, come on up here. Come here. No, she's, she's watching. It happens. But uh, no, she's watching the baby out there. So 
God sent a bird, and some of you may have heard this story. She, I had her tell it one other time, but this fit too perfect. God sent a bird. It wasn't a raven, but it was definitely a bird from God. And I'll let her tell a little story here for this part, because she tells it better than I do. <laughs> so he alluded to how I was during this time. I was terrible. Uh, <laughs> I was. I'm a planner. Money's always in the bank. Everything gets taken care of. And this like really brought me to, yeah, like my, I mean, I don't know. God was really refining me and growing me to understand that all of our needs were met through him and that he does love me and he will take care of me. And the passage at that time that I wrestled with every day and prayed through was uh, Matthew six twenty-five to 26. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, about your body or what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you, not, are you not much more valuable than they? So this is the passage that I wrestled through each day as we were um, just trying to make our ends meet. During this time, what I would do is I always pay my bills on the first of the month. So I would write them all out, and I would put the envelopes on my windowsill. And I would leave them there. And I remember Ryan coming home from school one day with a note in his backpack saying, to, saying that they were going on a class trip and it was $4 to go on the class trip. And I, in my head, I didn't say it out loud to Ryan, was like, I don't know if I can send him on this class trip. I don't even know if we're going to have $4 to pay for this class trip. I have all these bills sitting here on my window so they have to be paid. And I, I, and I was feeling really bad as a mom. And I was feeling really bad that we couldn't say okay to this. And I was really wrestling with God, like, God, I know why we're here, because you're asking me to be dependent on you. I know why you have me in this situation. It's to develop my faith, but I didn't like it. So it was Easter time, and our mortgage was due, and we didn't have enough to pay it. And we get ready. We go to church, and we come home, and it was a beautiful day, so we decided to take the kids to the park to play. And while we were there, there was this little robin on the ground. And it was hopping along, and he couldn't fly. And his wing was, we, I don't know, was his wing broken? Broke, probably. probably broken. His wing was broken, and he couldn't fly. And, of course, everybody in my house were like, what are we going to do? We can't leave it here. It's going to die. And there, everybody's running around, running around. So we found a box. We put him in a box, and we got him in the car, and we're driving home. And Chuck looks at me and goes, uh, we have to stop at Clemens and get bird food for this bird. It's going to die if we don't feed it. And I'm like, What? <laughs> I, like, flipped out. I'm like, are you kidding me? I can't even pay for a $4 field trip for Ryan, and we're going to stop at this grocery store and buy food for a bird? And as I said it, the Holy Spirit was like, Kim, look what God does. He takes care of the birds of the air. How much more does your Heavenly Father love you and will take care of you? So he goes into the store, buys bird fruit for this bird. We take it home, and we take care of it. And the next day, it was a Sunday because it was Easter, so we bring it to the ark. The ark takes care of our little bird, and our bird is okay. But two days later, he was at First Baptist Church at a meeting, and somebody came up to him and said, I really feel led to give your family a check. And God provided for all those bills on my windowsill and for the field trip for Ryan. That is my bird story. 
So whenever I see a robin, the first six kids always knew what the robin was. I'm like, there's our robin. It was like we always looked for our robin. So that's my story. John. She tells it better than I do. After we learned that lesson, because God, like I said, had positions, and God kept slamming the door on us, saying, no, 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 had you know, so many things. After we learned that lesson, about a year into it, uh, this guy named Bill Simon talks to me, and he entered in from First Baptist, and, and uh, Bill Simon says, I want you to meet Don McKenzie, who's overseeing MACPA, which is now Mission Mid-Atlantic, uh, uh, now which we're part of our association, and he was like looking for someone to help with revival and church planting. And uh, you know, they were trying to plant all these churches. We ended up planting like seven churches in a short time. And uh, God, then God gave me the green light. He's like, this is it. You got the green light now. And uh, that all prepared, this all prepared me for planting in New Hope Community Church. Uh, because during this whole time, you know, Pastor Dan over First Baptist was saying, I've, we have a leading to plant a church in New Hope. And I was getting that same leading during this whole time. It was like four years of, of this whole other ministry, having that same leading for New Hope. It's the last place I wanted to go. Uh, we'll talk more about that. It was, it's called the grave, when at the time it was called the Graveyard for Churches. You, there's a whole bunch of churches. Remember, right, Chuck? Remember the graveyard church? All these churches that had 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 disappeared. The church plants that had failed here. Uh, there's a whole list of them. You know, they just they started up and didn't make it. Um, it was because it's just it's not an area most people choose to plant the church in the flesh, right? It was known, when we were planting there. It was known as the for the occult huge occult presence it's thank god it's a lot less than it was but there's a lot of other issues and i didn't want to go and there were many attacks when we started remember the policemen in the services you know what i'm talking about many attacks but but i had i didn't want to go and i can't say i was excited to be starting this church but god had but god had taught me something i had learned to live by faith and to depend on god and to obey him even when it makes no sense. I'm not perfect. I still mess up a lot in these areas. I'm not saying, but, but for this time, I, we, we had learned to live by faith, depending on God, and to obey him even when it makes no sense. This communion time, as we go to communion, it's a great time to focus on dependence. It's a great time to remember that we must live by faith in communion with God. And we do that by remembering what God did for us through his son, Jesus Christ. The communion table here is a reminder of the cross that Jesus gave his body and blood on the cross to pay for our sin. It's a reminder of that. It's a reminder that we are saved by putting our faith in Jesus. Our faith alone in Christ alone for our salvation. It's a reminder of that. It's a reminder to us as Christians that we must stay close close to Jesus, in complete dependence on Jesus, to live by faith. We're saved by faith and we live by faith. And it's also a message for those of us who haven't put our faith in Christ. If you're here today and you've never put your faith in Jesus, this is the time that I pray that the Holy Spirit would convict and speak to you. Maybe you're here today and today's the day that you put your faith 
you take the step of faith and give your life to Jesus Christ. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Could this be your day? What it is, we have the, the bread and the cup up here. And when you feel ready to take it, you can just come on up and take it back to your seat. You can take it alone. You can take it with your, your family. You can uh, you could just, however you feel that it's between you and God. Um, we just have the music playing and, and, and the time of prayer and, and the time to take it. Uh, there's two reasons why you shouldn't take the Lord's Prayer. One is if there's something in your life you're not ready to surrender a sin or an area of your life that you say, I'm just not ready to surrender. Maybe God's calling you to do something, you're not ready to surrender, then wait. The second reason is because you're not a Christian yet. And if you haven't put your faith in Jesus, then wait. But I hope that everybody here does take it because everybody can. We can put our faith in Jesus today. We can surrender something to Jesus. doesn't mean you've got to be perfect. I could not bother to fill it, right? Uh, we don't have to fill that up. No, not perfect, but, but surrendering something to, to God. Say, God, I want to fight this. I surrender this to you. And as always, we have a prayer team that's kind of up in the corner. If you ever need someone to pray with, they're always there. Before communion, during communion, after communion, they'll, they'll, they'll pray right with you right through lunch. Whenever you need, they're here, okay? Let's pray. How is God speaking to us? Maybe you're here today and you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, but the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now. This is the day to surrender your life, to give your life to Jesus, to put your faith in him. You can do that right now. God hears the prayer of your heart. You can pray it right now. God, please... Forgive me. For whatever I've done that goes against your word and your will and your purpose for my life. Forgive me. You may have carried some really heavy, horrible thing into here today and you can walk out without it. You can leave it at the cross. God, I repent. I walk away from it. I put it down at the cross. Forgive me. Because I put my faith in Jesus. put my trust, my hope in Jesus. I believe he died on the cross in my place for whatever I've done. Forgive me. I put my faith in Jesus. I'm going to follow him. Give my life to you, God.
If you've prayed that prayer of faith, something amazing has happened. You're a brand new creation in Jesus Christ. And now you can commune, you can talk to God anytime through his son Jesus. For the rest of us who've already put our faith, how is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? How is God working in our life? Teaching us to depend on him and to live by faith. To take a step of faith in our life. Maybe he's calling you to a crick. A place that you wouldn't normally want to go. But you know he wants you there. He wants to be alone with us there, to commune with us there. Father, we pray your Holy Spirit would work and move in our hearts through this communion time. In Jesus' name.